Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and you're listening to Faves, an upbeat talk show where the guest chooses the topic. In this episode, designer Kirsten Wing joins the show to talk about all things Harry Potter, including the books, differences in the movies, and her favorite quotes that make her cry. So he says, I'm not worried, Harry, said Dumbledore. Um, I'm with you. We also talk about her Harry Potter tattoos and why she's refused to see the cursed child. Enjoy. Uh, Actually, I remember exactly where I was. I was in middle school and we had this class that was basically like a forced reading class. Did you have one of those? No. So it was like, I think an hour out of the day where you had to sit in a classroom and you had like a monitor and she made sure that you were reading a book. There was like a bunch of books in the classroom and Harry Potter was one of them. And I started, that's when I started reading it. And it was like, I guess I was around the same age as Harry Hmm. um, when I started reading them, which is one of the reasons why I think Harry Potter is so close to me because it's, you know, you grew up with him. Were any other books out at the time or just that one? Like, did you track It was the only afterwards? book that was oh. out was Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, so I then see. that just like opened this whole like brand new world that was, I guess, exactly what I needed at the time that I didn't know. It was, uh, they came out every year, essentially, pretty much, or yeah. like thereabouts. Yeah. So were you like in line at Barnes and Noble or Borders yeah. tracking those things down? Yeah. And then, you know, so and it also was weird because the book sort of followed uh, the timeline of bookstores, right? And sort of their sad demise mm. right um even though i have all of the hardcover ones we have we always used to get two copies because my sister and i would basically race to finish <laughs> them and so we we had to get two how fast did you go through them when you got them i would stay up until they were done all night yeah so like i remember going to barnes and uh borders first that was our closer bookstore at home and then when that closed we went to the Barnes and Noble one. Rest in peace, Borders. I know, isn't that sad? A lot of sad memories. But yeah, they used to. There would be people dressed up. I never had. I still this day do not have um, a robe. Why not? Why didn't you dress know. up when you went to the? Uh... I wore. I have like a bunch of these uh, book seven Harry Potter <laughs> um, lightning bolt tattoos uh-huh. that I used to like put on my forehead. Just, just stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's still cosplay. It's not extravagant. And I still, still have like 50 of them left. You should bring them to the office. I should. I'm going home this weekend. I can do that. I skipped all of that because I think the first time I read them was like a year and a half ago, the two years first, ago. Like we knew each other when you first started reading yeah. them. Which was also a kind of a cool experience because you, I was getting excited for you mm-hmm. experiencing them for the first time because there's nothing like that. You know, like yeah. I've read them all so many times that it still is cool. But the first time when you're like, oh, my God, what's happening next? And there also is something to um, them not being out yet, you mm-hmm. know, so the whole world doesn't know. So it's people are just kind of like a su- sort of like the Game of Thrones thing, like right. what's happening next when everyone has these like fan theories about what's going on. And I mean, internet wasn't popular, so it's not like you could go on the like internet and be like, what's happening in the next Harry Potter? Like, no, it was like all people were reading books still. Imagine that. Imagine mm. the world. So did you. <laughs> it was so much better. I know. the. I was thinking someone has can watch like the Star Wars movies like, yeah. for the first time ever and not have to sit and wait years in between those movies. Yeah, because it's like done. Did they have anything when the books were coming out to like mm-hmm. become part of the world, like the sorting website, the, the only, Patronus. There was, I don't, like the internet was just starting, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So the only sort of uh, grouping that you had, only the only sort of like fan grouping was at these midnight release parties that everyone would, you know, dress up for. There'd be treats and you would talk to people and wait in line and there'd be some like weird stuff around. Right. Um, but I actually remember... I never missed a midnight release ever. Um, and I was in North Carolina once and I made the family that I was with drive me to this like podunk bookstore <laughs> so I could get the book at midnight. God. What, were the, what like, were the lines like at the bookstores? Some were so long that 
I was just like not sure if I was going to get one. Wow. But then you always got one. And I just mm. remember the feeling of holding it in your hand and you're like, oh my God, here it is. It's just, there is nothing like it. And the final books, final books came out while the movies were, were happening. Yes. So what was it like get, waiting for that final book? Well, to book? me, that was like double dipping. So I was yeah. ec ecstatic about that. You know, it's... I like the movies, I enjoy them, but I I enjoy the books much more. Mm -hmm. But the the movies are just like a way to sort of like keep it going. Yeah, you know, it's just like there's always something. Whether and they always would stagger like the books and the movie coming out when it was at the same time. So it's like one would come out in July, one would come out in November. So mm -hmm. there would always be this constant buzz about Harry Potter until Smart. it was pretty much over. Yeah, I just rewatched all the movies because um, we're going back to D Orlando soon are you going to oh yeah we're, we're Wizarding going world we're spending two days in your universal this time instead of one but you said that you don't not going to go on the Hagrid ride i don't like roller coasters i know but like can you just take some like dramamine and just <laughs> hop on that <laughs> well the Hagrid ride is opening the week before we go down there but the other one that i didn't go on was the one inside the mountain i think or the it's inside hogwarts it's, it's like oh, it's the journey hogwarts. through hogwarts yeah, I didn't. I think I didn't do that one because I thought so I would puke. That one is fine. It's sort of like the um, Star Tours. No, <laughs> it's more <laughs> like the uh, flight of passage. Oh, but maybe like I... not half as good. So maybe because I when can it do that came, one. when that when the Journey Through Hogwarts ride came out, that was basically like the very beginning of that technology. Mm. So now that everyone has experienced flying a banshee it's like kind of nothing it's lame is it as intense as um the what's the hotel the um tower of terror no nothing's like that no, it's not dropping you <laughs> it's you're in this like little bench that almost looks like a church pew uh-huh and it just like moves around it doesn't sound that bad i can't remember what it made it told or, like me. remember Maybe that spider-man ride at universal yeah it's not dissimilar to that as that far as motion trash. goes that's you don't like, like that. Way, that's so old. All that Marvel stuff old, in Universal you know is like, it's kind of like thirty years old. Yeah, jumpy a little bit. It's, it's like I wonder that. what maybe if the reason I didn't do it is because James wasn't tall enough to do it, and maybe I hung back with I him. I think I think you should try to do that one. Mm. Okay. I think you're ready. All right, I'm ready. Yeah. What's your favorite of the books? Uh, my favorite book is Prisoner of Azkaban. Same. Is it really? Yeah, I think so too. Oh my god! Yeah. I didn't. I thought we were talking about this before, and you said something different. No, I, I think I get grief because I say Prisoner of Azkaban the movie is great. But oh, and I when hate a, that. When a book I reader hears that, they literally think you're scum for thinking that the I movie just, version is anywhere near the book. Which I agree. There are so many differences. It's not well to me. None of the movies are that great, and I actually think. I like the first one because it's just, you know, like warm and you're like, yeah, oh, we're just classic. getting to Hogwarts and Special effects you get to like it was see the, 80s. the world for the first time. And obviously it's, I mean, sometimes much different than what you had imagined, mm -hmm. you know, even though she's like super descriptive in her writing. Um, but there's something magical about that. And then the end ones I thought were a very good representation of like what oh, was really? going on in the books. Because I actually... Upon re-watching the films, I thought Deathly Hallows Part 1 was a total snooze fest. It's yeah. just so long. It's just, it's long, but, you know, like, it was, like, during that fad of, let's break this movie into 45 yeah. parts, you know? Actually, re-watching them, I was wondering why they didn't do the Lord of the Rings route and make, like, a true-to-form book film and then, like, cut it. Because, you and know, Lord of the Rings has, like, like eight-hour versions. Yeah. yeah. Because I remember... That would have been interesting. With Azkaban... I love the movie. And then when I read the books, I was like legit pissed because the Marauder's map was from, you know, the the childhood friends of James's father, Sirius, yeah. Padfoot, Remus. And that was a huge part of the book. And the movie just, just like sort of doesn't even mention the fact it. that they were like best friends and that was their map no. at all, which is crazy. And I don't think they even touch upon the fact that Harry's dad was an Animagus in the no. movies at all. Mm -mm. Or the fact that they decided to become Animagus because of Remus's yeah. uh, werewolf. Right, to like comfort him and make him feel included. Which is an, an amazingly deep topic is, to And cover. that's the thing. There's so many very deep themes, very like adult themes in these books for having, you know, kids that are like 10 years old reading them. Obviously, the most central theme is death. And that's from the very beginning, you know, mm -hmm. it's like this kid's like an orphan. His parents died and he has to live with these really crappy people and 
you know, and still he's the one that's essentially the savior that's going to have to like fix everything. Yeah. And the whole thing is about death, like Voldemort conquering death and killing people in order to conquer death. It's just like, it's everywhere. Yeah. I wrote, um, I think you kind of hear it a bunch in the order of the Phoenix. Cause at the end of order of the Phoenix, he has that like speech where he's like, you'll never experience friendship and true love. Right. And I wrote that like, it has these corny, quote, corny themes of friendship and love, but that's like the entire run of the books. Yes. It's so deeply embedded in it. Right. And to not have that stuff shown in some of the movies, but it, it I say it's corny, but it, it holds up so well. When I first mm-hmm. read these books, I was like crying all the time <laughs> right? They're on the super train. Emotional. I was like waiting <laughs> yeah. to be done work so I could get on the train and finish yeah. reading. Um, Azkaban was, was hardcore in there. Um, but yeah, I love Azkaban. I mean, the movie time travel stuff is so well done, too. Um, a lot of people say that's, like, the best time travel in a movie they've seen. Yeah. Um, it's but just, yeah, like, it's such an essential part of mm-hmm. it. But, yeah, um, there's so much in that book that's that's So, fantastic. Ask Man I love because, which I call POA, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I used to abbreviate all of them. And, like, my friends and I would, like, talk about them and they're abbreviated. Uh-huh. So stupid. I know people that do that with the Star Wars titles, <laughs> so that, that makes sense. Like HBP, Half-Life <laughs> Prince. So this is like the first book that has some like very complex type of things going on, right? So like the first one, you're like, oh, great, Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, you're like, oh, crap, it's a little darker. Like we're in the chamber and Voldemort's around. So the President of Azkaban is like the first book where the central antagonist is not Voldemort because he's like, on the DL because they're like, he, they, we destroyed one of his hor- horcruxes. Mm-hmm. So then this shifts to like, you being like, oh, who's this serious black character? And this is one of the first like huge plot twists that we get from this series. And I had no idea <laughs> that this was coming. Yeah. You know, did you, you already I knew, movie, right? Yeah, I saw the movies first and then I went back to the books. And in the movie, they kind of flip it towards the end where Sirius and Remus reunite and they make it look like they want to kill Harry, but they're actually right. going to kill um, Peter, Peter Pettigrew. Pettigrew yep. And they reveal that Peter was the one that betrayed the Potters. And there wasn't as much of a focus on the how they betrayed the Potters in the film. Yeah. But in the books, you see how um, Sirius, what was the the spell? Didn't What was the spell that he made to like, work to protect the potters didn't he have like a secret key yes. that was only findable by voldemort and that's why they think that Sirius betray- betrayed the potters right. because he held this secret key to their location and in the book it's just so thorough and the pain that Sirius must have gone through to be thought to be the well, betrayer right for that so many and years. then the fact that peter pettigrew betrayed them in such a serious serious way mm-hmm. like and that emotion, like, you don't get from the movie. Like, this was, like, they made the freaking map together. You know yeah. what I mean? These were best friends. Like, think about your best friends that you grew up with, that you were like, this is my ride or die people. And he did that, you know? And that's that's insane to me. And I don't think it's sort of, it, they touched upon it a little bit, but not in a way that you, you felt that same emotion when you're reading the book. Mm-hmm. And that's just sad. Yeah. And I think this one, you also start to see a little bit more of Snape. Um, I think I checked back my old tweets when I was reading these, yeah. which I've since deleted. So I had to check like an archive. Um, <laughs> but I, I think this was the first book that I started to like yearn for Snape's redemption because I knew in the movies, I vaguely remembered like his plot at the end of the movies. Yeah. And I was like, man, I can't wait to see what happens with Snape. That was a big driving force for me to rush the books. Cause I wanted to see what Snape's like All big about. deal was. Yeah in the behind the scenes when it's interesting because it's like so you have like lupin you have Pettigrew, you have Re- uh, not remus um harry's dad james and then you have um sirius as like best pals right and mm-hmm. they were kind of like the jerks of the school and then you have severus who is like the loser kid and they interact a lot in this book so you kind of get a glimpse of like what it was like even at Hogwarts when they were there, you know, instead of having a flashback, you can kind of just like presume like what it was like for them all to be together. Yeah. And, and then, to see like the socio like dynamic of how it's like to basically be in high school. Yeah. You know? And then Harry kind of seeing that his dad was a high school kid and yeah. who kind of like made fun of the loser quote nerd kids. Right. And that's hard. And him getting like shook up by that. Yeah. Which in and of itself is like horrifying, it is you know, horrifying. for your son to see how you treated other people. But 
you also see like little bits and pieces of how Snape actually was helping. Like he was the one who was making the potion to for Lupin to like keep his werewolfism under control. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the book after this, I start to like question why Harry doesn't trust Snape yet. Like I started to get a little like, what's wrong? The signs are there, boy. Harry, wake up. You should (laughs) start trusting Snape now. Just because he's not like kissing his ass. Yeah. Like all a lot of the other professors are just like, oh, Harry, you're going to quit it. And oh, you're going to save us all. You have your mother's eyes. You have your mother's eyes. The boy who lived, you know, and it's like (laughs) Snape is just like F that. Yeah. Like, no. And also, obviously, it all comes down to the fact that he's playing this like huge role under wraps that we don't know about. Mm hmm. And he's like playing it. He's like the best actor that has ever lived. Oh my God. Yeah. To the point where Harry names his son after Snape. And at the end of the books, he calls him the bravest man he's ever known. Yeah. I mean, the reveal, not to skip too far ahead, but the reveal of Snape being undercover and turning when he finds out that uh, Voldemort was going to come and kill uh, Lily Potter, his love that he was never able to connect with after all those years. And he like promises to do whatever it takes for you to protect her. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Unreal. Oh. So amazing. The one thing I was going to say is the emotional state of Harry. I, I had another tweet where I said like- um, In this book? I think it was Order of the Phoenix. Not to, We'll come back to Goblet of Fire, yeah. but like Order of the Phoenix, I say more like Harry Potter and the emotional breakdown. Like he's has so much going on. I don't know how he held it together in any of these books. I call that his uh, Frodo Baggins breakdown. <laughs> when you just like, you have this like yeah. task that you're like- Oh, shit, I was chosen, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of all just like gets dumped on you. And then there's a point, you know, just like in Lord of the Rings, where he's actually like pretty isolated and feels alone. And to the and at even some points is just like, you know what, I'm going to just do this on my own. Like, I'm sick of people getting hurt around me. And this is my burden to bear. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, like, because friendship such an important part of the series. Yeah. Ron and Hermione are like, oh, no, no, we're, we're coming here. with you. Like, we will die by your side to get this done. Mm-hmm. And even, like, the journey about, like, destroying the Horcruxes and the movies, I don't think was, like, as well laid out as it was in the book. No, for sure. How about the one scene in Deathly Hallows Part 2 where Ron has to defeat the Horcrux? Yeah. And he sees the vision of like nude Harry and Hermione kissing. <laughs> I, I like audibly gasped out loud. I was like, what is going on You're like, here? This is too far. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> uh, so Goblet of Fire is the fourth one, right? Yeah. I think. Um, his hair in that movie, first of all, is just trash. He's got like this weird Beatles hair in that movie. I don't know what they're doing. His hair and all of it. It's like he's supposed the to last... have like scruffy black hair. Yeah. I get the contact thing. It didn't, you know, he couldn't wear the contacts. But like, hello, like you CGI'd a bunch of magical creatures. You couldn't like <laughs> CGI his eyes green. His his hair in the last two movies, were, he looked like a 40-year-old man with that hair. Yeah. It's also hard because it's like, you don't know what these kids are going to look like when you cast them when yeah, they're like three true. years old. Yeah. Anytime you know? Harry smiled, he looked like a snake of some kind <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> so Goblet of Fire has um, probably my top two or three favorite scene. And when he's, when they're, when he's having the wand battle at the end with Voldemort. Yeah. And um, all the people that Voldemort killed start to come back through the wand. Yeah. And, uh, his mother comes through and he's and she's like, hold on, your father's coming. And he comes through as well. I lost it when I first read that. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. That is really good. And that I, scene is a scary, scary scene. Yeah. I thankfully but it's I was like able- that's like a bright moment in this mm-hmm. like literal cemetery of hell where like Voldemort is becoming manifested into like a human form. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. The I actually was able to, I Googled like hardcore to see if anyone posted the text of that chapter. They did. And I reread it. And I was like, oh my God, this book is so good. I, I want to go back and reread. That it. was one of the bigger books too. Because I remember it being jumping from uh, Prisoner of Azkaban mm-hmm. to that one. I was like, oh, these are getting quite hefty. Yeah. Your <laughs> Can second... we get back to Prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. My God. You're just like jumping I'm so, over I'm to sorry. the other one. We have so much to cover. No. So I wanted to talk about other reasons why POA is good. Tell me. So it's also the first time that we experience things like outside of Hogwarts and Diagon Alley. Mm. So like, that's awesome. Obviously Hogwarts is fantastic. It's a great scene for everything to hold, but I love Hogsmeade. Yeah. I remember reading this book and when we get to Hogsmeade, I was like, whoa. Like, Game change. You know, it's like you have the joke shop 
like the candy store. You like they're at a bar now. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? They're drinking. I was like, oh my god, they're drinking. They're like, <laughs> what is, is there alcohol beer? in this? And that's like the other thing I love so much about this series is that it's so detailed as far as like, like you can look back at history as to like when the three broomsticks like was started, who started it, what kind of food they serve there, like common patrons, like every single thing has like just so much detail in it Mm -hmm. that there's like wikis on wikis on wikis on wikis that you can just like become this like (laughs) vortex of Harry Potter. So what did you think of Hogsmeade at uh, Universal? So when I first, I went the year it opened, like not obviously the day it opened, Mm -hmm. but I remember seeing the castle and I literally started crying and my mom was with me (laughs) and she was like so embarrassed. (laughs) And I had my, remember I had like big glasses on and I saw and I was like, oh my god this is insane were they like, like prescription glasses or sunglasses no sunglasses oh, okay. um but i was just weeping and then i think it's not that big right so when i got there i for some reason expected it to be like you know like a disneyland Full park size, or something yeah. like that and we managed to stay there for like probably six hours oh in gosh. that little section <laughs> And I just like would walk around Zonko's and Honey Dukes, and I was mm-hmm. like, we must have bought just like one of everything. Yeah, I was like, that's so crazy that you're just like holding this stuff in your hand. God, that must have been mind altering walking through there. Yeah, it really was. That was an incredible. Except I do not like the butter beer. No, I actually made my own butter beer once, and it turned out much better. Not even the. It's ones... too sweet. Really? Like, yeah, I think it's way too sweet. And then they put that like foam topping. Froth. You know, yeah, like I, like I wanted that. it to come out as one. <laughs> and there, I remember her being like, do you want the foam? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> now, when you were there, did they have the like interactive wand stuff? Did you do that? They did not have those yet. Mm. Um, but we did stand in line to get a wand for like two hours. Yeah. That's so the wand shop. Wand. We were just saying uh, before we recorded the wand shop. Everything's yeah. like life, like real life sizes, like the sizes of the shops. They're not built for... A theme park, I feel like. Yeah. Maybe they could have kept the front, 90% of the front of the store lifelike, and then you keep walking and there's like a whole big ass section for like everyone in the park to yeah. fit in. Um, But yeah, there's just, maybe the last time I went, there was just like a lot of people there, but it felt cramped. Yeah. Maybe too real. Yeah, maybe that's like what it really is like. But it was it was cool to see kids use the wands. We didn't get the wand for James because it was I don't know it was like sixty dollars or something. So we're I like, know. Oh, maybe not this trip, James. But you can watch them do it. Yeah, we were really watching cool. kids like stand in front of water fountains and do like you know they're waving the wands and water comes out. Yeah. Um, and I think in one of the alleys, there's another like it's darkened so you can wave your wand. There's like a three D hologram of of a ghost that comes out and like dances in front of you or something. Oh, really? It's super cool. So I've never. Uh, I haven't been since they opened Diagon Alley. Mm. So was Hogwarts Express open? No. Oh, boy. No, it was just like a prop, basically. So they had like a full-size like train engine that you could take photos with, with like the conductor, but that was it. There was nothing else. And there was still that ride, the dragon ride, that was still there. It's like, you remember the roller coaster that was like like dueling dragons or whatever? There was like a lame kids roller this wasn't there. this was like a upside down one. Oh boy yeah you would not like that <laughs> so we went two years ago and we did the hogwarts and it what the hogwarts Ex- express it was pretty cool the air conditioning was broken we almost passed out inside because it was like it was 105 like, degrees <laughs> yeah. but it was cool that they turned like the the doors into kind of mini monitors so when you close the doors you can see the outside of the, the like you're outside. in the train yeah you can see things like freeze over oh. um you know as just like in the movie yeah um it was it was cool and james has seen all of them right james has seen all of them it, it had been like does he ever like does he get scared uh, not really. I, I mean, you made him watch The Exorcist, so we, wrong we audience. Fin- we finished The Exorcist. <laughs> Thank she God. was crawling down the stairs, he has he to shut like, it off. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the movies. He loved the movies. He didn't want to start them. He was like over it before yeah. it even started. But as soon as we put them on, he was like totally jazzed. Now he he was too young to remember them really at all. So now he has them fresh in the top of his mind. So when we go, he's going to be like losing Super it. excited. Yeah. Prisoner, what else in Prisoner makes it the best? Um, I think also the plot twists. Like there's, like we find out about Peter Pettigrew. That one I was like, holy ass, Mm -hmm. like this is insane. Like he's been 
disguised as this creature that has been part of the Weasley family for how many years, yeah. you know? And then we have um, us finding out that Lupin's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And we also get introduced to him. So I guess that's like kind of all in one. But um, the time turner, we're like, oh, wow, yeah. we, they can adjust time. That's crazy. That's <laughs> like, a big deal. You know? How was Hermione not expelled? I asked Amanda that and she says that um, McGonagall gave her the time turner. Is that correct? Yeah. I was like thinking to myself, like, they, how is she not expelled? No, they like, because she was using it to get to class. Because she was taking like, you're only supposed to take like five classes. She was taking like 10 classes. I know, but even still, so like, she had to like go back in time to like learn Time class. travel is like such a big deal. I have to, I have to It's different it. than Marvel time travel. I know, I know, but like she could mess stuff up if she, she makes have, a mistake. She could have, but it's Hermione and she's perfect. Yeah, true. And then this is also a huge point in the books because we find out like the prophecy, a little bit about this prophecy. And, you know, and the couple of first ones were like, oh, we don't really know, like there's no like journey yet. You know, mm-hmm. there's no like the sign at the end of the road or there's no like task at hand. So this is the first time, like Trelawney, who's all like, blah, 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 blah. you know, she spits out this prophecy, and Dumbledore confirms that there's this like thing, and we don't really know the details yet, mm-hmm. but it seems like this is the per- like this is what's gonna defeat Voldemort. Yeah, it's, I, didn't, I totally forgot that they even mentioned the prophecy then because we don't really see it until Order, Order of Phoenix. Phoenix. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. And that's like when they hear like the full prophecy, right? That she had also made. And remember, I remember uh, in the movie, Dumbledore says some like little quip about like, oh, like this is like the second time she's been right in like her whole life. <laughs> I should like pay her more money or something like that. Yeah, that's Dumb- also another thing. The the books, their movies aren't as funny. No. You know, the books are so funny. Harry is more of a dick. Mm. You know, he's kind of more of he's actually more like his dad. You know, he like kind of sounds off in class and like talks back to like Snape way more than he does in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dumbledore is way funnier. His like little aside jokes and like all of this like weird stuff that he talks about. You can like really see like how much of a weirdo he is. Yeah, I love the how he says one of his middle names is Brian in the yeah. movies. I forgot about that too. Yeah, God, I need to reread them. I think it's Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else in uh, Prisoner? Oh, that's when Hermione slaps Malfoy mm. across the face. God, and a it's like a, it's a more of a punch in the in the movies, which you know for effect that's just cooler. But mm-hmm. there's just like so many great parts in this, and then we see, you know, we have the shrieking shack, which like shack, which Dumbledore basically like made for Lupin to like transform in, and they made the access through um, the Whomping Willow. You know, it's just like you just see how like everything's like evolved together, and so much going on behind the scenes. You know, basically like not with the the trio. Um, that's going on that it's just very mm-hmm. like intricate. I would have loved to have seen like a five hour version of these movies. I know. Just get everything in there. I know it. God, that they would have made amazing. so much money. I mean, how many re-releases of Lord of the Rings have they done? There's like 30 with like bonus features. And I definitely and... watched all of them, like the uh, long ones. Can you imagine just like one long, like, you know how the uh, Marvel movies do the marathon, do like a Harry Potter marathon one weekend with like. they were, Remember they were doing that for Endgame. Yeah. And I was like, what does that movie theater smell like? They just sit on, they bring toilets out of mm-hmm. seats. They just sit on them. And that's disgusting. do their business during the movie. And then just like eat popcorn all day. <laughs> like they must be so swollen, you know? Like, oh, let me eat this soda, drink this soda and eat this like salty ass popcorn for 12 uh, hours. So where do you sort? So what where do I sort? <laughs> where do you sort? What house do you uh, um, head into? I'm sorted into Ravenclaw. I don't think I know anyone else that are, that's in Ravenclaw. Um, I don't think I do either. What is, what's the Actually, thing with Ravenclaw? So the, the motto of the house is wit beyond measure is a man's greatest treasure. Um, so Ravenclaw's value intelligence, creativity, learning, and wit. Um, Flitwick is like the, like house, the head of house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gray lady is obviously the ghost. Um, the founder is Rowena Ravenclaw. And the mascots at Eagle. And the colors in the book were, I think, blue and, like, bronze. Weird. But in the movie, they changed it to, like, silver and blue. Hmm. Yeah, so you're that the only person to, I know. seemed to be, like, the... And what what are you? Gryffindor. Better be Gryffindor! 
um, Goblet of Fire. His hair in that one was was just tremendous. He looked like a beetle. Goblet of Fire was. Let's go back to things that were cool in the books that tell me they just completely yeah. What did up what, what the did they what did they screw up? So to me, one of the most ones I was pissed off right off the bat. This was in uh, I almost said Philosopher's Stone because you know I'm cool like that. <laughs> Um, was Do you at, think lesser of people who say Sorcerer's Stone? No, but actually one of my best friend's brothers insisted on reading the UK versions. So he would have them sent over from the UK mm. so he could have, I mean, that's really like the truest version, right? Yeah, it's a real cool person. It's crazy. Apparently we're not allowed to have sorcerers here. No, we're not. Anyway, I mean, philosophers, when they're going down to like, you know, through Fluffy into the trap door and they have to go through all those tests. What they don't really explain in the movies is that the professors of Hogwarts set these, I mean, they kind of say it like, oh, the professors are the ones protecting the stone, right? Um, but they don't, in the books, it's more like, oh, like this is this person's uh, like test that you have mm-hmm. to go through. So it's like just like more easy to tell like who's right. is what. And Snape has one in there that they cut out from the movies and it's like this potions test and Hermione ends up solving it in the book, but it's essentially like all these riddles and then you have to drink a potion at the end to go through to the mm. next like part of the maze. Um, so I was like super pissed that that wasn't in there because also it's like if you're saying that Snape's one of the ones protecting it and you're, that's the one that you're not showing that's in there, what like why? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they didn't do a great job of having him play both sides, I think, in the early part of the movies that much, except in the first one where it's revealed that he's like helping Harry with the spell with the spell during yeah. Quidditch. After right. that, you're kind of like, yeah, he could be bad guy. I don't I don't know. Right. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, And then uh, Spew, which is the thing that Hermione creates, which oh, yeah. is like about the welfare of el- the house elves. Huge part of the book. Huge part of the book. And they spend so much time on it. And I think it's really great because it just gives you a little bit of insight about like how proactive she is about like certain things. Like when she does like kind of like cling on to something, she puts her whole heart into it and she's like doing her best to help the situation. Like as far as like knitting socks and like putting them around common rooms to like try to feed mm-hmm. these, free these elves that like really don't even want to be freed because yeah. they actually they like barely, what they're yeah, doing. They, don't even want her help, really. they have no idea. They're like, what is this woman doing? Um, so that I like that part of the books a lot and they don't really talk about that at all. Yeah. We watched that one. There's at- not that much Dobby either in the movies. No. I remember we watched that one and Amanda's like, what happens with Hermione's like knitting? And I was like, I think that's only in the books. Yeah. They don't even really ever talk about it. She doesn't like Not knit or anything or whatever. No. Um, Dobby, I remember liking a million times more in the books. I remember Same. even writing a, a tweet about how I love Dobby and Deathly Hallows. And I mean, I could barely even care about his like involvement in the movie version. I know. He's actually a little bit of a nuisance in the movies, mm-hmm. you know? And you don't really like see how like warm of a character he is. Right. The only time you do see the warmth is when he's wearing a scarf from half double design. Not your granny's crochet in Hogwarts. Amanda is ready to make your custom scarf, cloak, sock, blanket, or Harry Potter house themed hat. And you won't regret it. Halfdoubledesign.com for more. He's the best. He is. Along with Dobby, R.I.P. <laughs> Um, and then something else that I just like is was also huge in the books is the presence of the Hogwarts ghosts. Um, and I guess from what I hear is that the reason they couldn't use the ghosts is because the kids were like not able to like act with them or like they were laughing or something like Whoa. that. And I was like, just make them do it. Yeah, just do your Duh, job. Just kids. do it. Hello, you're actors, <laughs> right? I don't care that you're six. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember to be honest a ton about the ghosts in the books. So like. Peeves was like my well also nearly had the snick I guess but Peeves was like funny because he added this kind of like jovial kind of I don't know class clown type spirit mm-hmm. to the entire series and um I think he even like helps in the battle of Hogwarts at the end I don't know how like a ghost can help but mm-hmm. um he's funny and like he jokes around a lot with like the Weasley twins and uh, he's like super hard on Filch and like they're always he's always doing like mischievous stuff. So I think he was a huge part of the books and he would write he would sing like weird songs, I remember, and like write weird stuff on the walls. Oh yeah. 
Um, and then Nearly Headless Nick was a huge part in the books, especially for Harry. They would have a lot of these conversations about death, hmm. um, especially after Sirius ended up dying. Uh I remember in the books, like feeling so anxious about him, like running to him to ask him this question because he was like, oh, wait, like I like maybe Sirius will come back as a ghost. So I won't get him in his physical form, but I'll still get him like as basically mm-hmm. my advisor and friend. And um, then you find out that ghosts like choose to be ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like if you die as a human you have to make a choice to become a ghost. Nearly Headless Nick was like, to be honest, it's because I wasn't brave enough to like accept death. Wow. And that's why I'm a ghost. And I was like, damn, that's some heavy shit right there. <laughs> that is, especially for uh, kids, uh, right. essentially quote a kid's book. Yeah. So that's another thing. And they're, you know, they have that like headless hunt that he's trying to join. That was like a cool part of the book um, because his head's not completely severed. He's been trying to join this headless hunt that's manned by this like, actually headless ghost and he like can't become a member yet (laughs) and then um they celebrate his 500th death day in the books too and hermione ron and harry go to this party and it's like all these ghosts with all this like rotten food and stuff and that would have been a cute thing to put Mm -hmm. in the movie too yeah yeah so what did you think when you first saw the movies in theaters we just went through all the differences but what was your i don't think i liked them at all hmm and I think now it's just like an easy way for me to kind of like wet my palate, I guess. Like, I'm not going to read this book right now, but I guess I'll like just mindlessly watch this movie. It just doesn't do the job. Yeah. But yeah, so like back to the Quidditch thing, it's like, remember when um, I think in Prisoner of Azkaban, when all of the Dementors like come to the school, there is a part where they all come to the Quidditch field. So like that's, you know, sort of this like idea that something that they thought was like a safe space that's like a place for fun or whatever is now infiltrated by something much darker. So it's like, there's just like themes like that, that happen throughout that are just shown on the Quidditch pitch. And I, th- I think they could have used that. Mm-hmm. I was definitely, I remember seeing the book, the movies and just being like, where's Quidditch? <laughs> like, I just, I don't get it. I just don't. There's several movies that don't have it at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> like The Goblet of Fire, the Triwizard Tournament. How often does that tournament happen? Do you remember if it's it's 100 years or something? I honestly don't remember. Because I remember when I first saw it in the movie, I was like stunned that these kids were joining a tournament where they could potentially die and that like the schools were okay with that. Yeah, they're like, and it was like something to be proud of if you were chosen. Yeah. And basically you're like, you could have like a pretty good chance of dying. I know, because even when the tournament is happening, people are like near death and I'm just like bewildered by it. I was like, why are, why is this happening? Why would they do this to the kids? It doesn't make any sense. Um, the one thing I forgot, I was also looking up the differences. Yeah. It's every, I guess it's every hundred years. I forgot that Harry gave his winnings of the tournament to, to the, the brothers, to twins. Yeah. And that's where they their started shop. their own shop. Totally. That was also that. important. Yeah. Do they even, like, I don't even the think they, men- they don't like even that. mention that in the movies. They don't mention his even getting him getting winnings. Yeah. Ugh. Right? Gotta read these books. And I- then also, I mean, they talk about the twins getting the shop, right? And dropping out of school pretty basically. Mm-hmm. But they don't talk about how... How they're getting money for the shop. No. Uh, I was about to say, she kind of gets like crap from people who say she's not a good writer. I think she's an amazing writer. Like these books are really well done. I think people don't like it because it's not like heady writing mm-hmm. where it's like not this like life changing. I mean, for me it is, but a lot of people don't see like, I guess the intelligent level in right. the writing, but it's like, I, I feel like you'll find very few books and definitely not series that are of this like magnitude that she's literally like, you know, I guess the only thing I compare compare it to is Lord of the Rings where it's like, Language was written for this, like literal books that they, you know, give to students at Hogwarts are were made for the, you know, like there's mm-hmm. physical forms. I have like a bunch of them at home, you know, and it's just it's like the only thing that there's like, can be like spinoff things because every character line, every food, every spell, everything has like this like history behind it that isn't just like on the surface. Yeah, I think the, the emotion and so it's like so deep. The emotional intelligence of the book's super high. Yeah. Like, just the friendship stuff, the love stuff, the death. Yeah, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter, like, when you read it. Like, I definitely think for me, because I read it at a pretty young age, that's why I'm just, like, 
like over the top obsessed with it. But I mean, like for you, even reading it just a couple years ago, yeah. it's like you still get that feeling. Like for I'm sure. sure you cried like all the time. Everybody. I remember like crying for a good week when Sirius died. <laughs> I was just like, why? Like he just got a dad and this is great and this is amazing. And then that chapter that was like through the veil, I was like, oh, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's going to come back, right? <laughs> what did you think about when uh, Dumbledore died? I actually, I feel like there's a bit of foreshadowing for that. So I, that didn't really bother me. I probably cried like one time, but the serious black thing really, really messed me up. Mm. I was just like, she literally pretty much gives him everything and, and then steals it away. It away. Even yeah. like Hedwig dying, you know, it's like right up to the very end. It's like, here's a little bit of this to like make you happy. Oh, just kidding. It's gone. Like, you know, and that just shows like how he has to, I guess, rise above this mm -hmm. and still complete the task. You have some Harry Potter tattoos. I do. What are your top favorite scenes to tie into your tattoo? Um, So the Deathly Hollows one I love because my favorite scene is when um, he's flipping the resurrection stone. Like after he sees his parents, like after he like dies, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, that ties with my other tattoo and the until the very end one. And I want to read you that exact quote. Please. Because it's going to probably make me cry. <laughs> so this is when they're in the forest and he's about to like go up to Voldemort and turn himself in. I never understood like why he flipped the stone before. Would it well, he talks, at least in the movie, he, f he, f look, he opens the stone. Uh, the the seeker and sees them. I think before it might have happened goes. a bit different in the book. So once again, this is like one of your favorite scenes from Goblet of Fire, where all of his like dead ancestors come out. So amazing. So James says, "You'll stay with me." Oh no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Harry says, "You'll stay with me until the very end." Said James, "They won't be able to see you." Asked Harry, "We are part of you," said Sirius, invisible to anyone else. <laughs> like i'm literally tearing up it's like the cutest thing yeah that uh, the scene that's another scene that like the the movies do not do it justice has like anyone you had on this show before yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have to i like if you haven't read the harry potter books like you absolutely have yeah, to read these books well one you're an idiot yeah two, first of all like, just get on it and there are so many emotional moments like this between him and his family, him and his friends, Hermione, yes. Ron, the parents, Ron's parents. Um, it's an, it's amazing. And like, you just don't get that from the movie. It's like, don't let... And I think the movie is just like... I don't know. The ha the, like, de the Deathly Hallows has a scene, I think my favorite scene, my, maybe like one of my top three favorite scenes is when... Harry and I think Luna sneak into Hogwarts for the first time at right before the battle and the Death Eaters are like running the school. Yeah. And there's a scene with McGonagall where she's like being berated by um the Carols or something. Fenrir maybe. Oh yeah. And he's like berating her about how they want to like he wants to make it look like the students killed his sister or whatever. Mhm. Mm and she's standing up for the, the kids and herself and she's like amazing. And he spits at her and Harry is in hiding during this entire scene under the invisibility cloak. And he spits at McGonagall and he like takes the cloak off. He's like, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and, he, and he does the, uh, was it the Crucius spell on, yeah, the, yeah, on yeah. the Death Eater, which is like one of the forbidden uh, charms or whatever. Yeah. Unbelievable scene. I was like crying tears of joy that Harry would stand up for McGonagall yeah. in that moment. It's so amazing. Not in the movie because his entrance into Hogwarts is it's totally different. Totally different. Um, but that scene is just next level. Like yeah. top three for sure. It is really good. Um, I also like when Hermione says Voldemort for the first time in uh, Order of the Phoenix mm -hmm. because she hadn't said it up until that point and like no. the big moment of her actually saying his name is so huge and pivotal. Is, yeah, for her especially. Some other quotes that I love. Um, so this is when Harry is looking into the mirror of Erised and he sees his parents and Dumbledore is like basically like, you, you can't stay here anymore. So he says, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. It's such another mm. good one. Mm. I can't even read this one because I'll cry again. 
I'm like so emotional. <laughs> I mean, even just thinking of the scenes is like that's make, the is... problem because it's like you're thinking of like even like the feelings that you were feeling when you were like reading it, mm -hmm. you know, and you're just like, oh my god. And these scenes, when you read them, like they're so emotional. Like your vision of that scene is the most perfect vision for that moment that exactly. you can possibly think of. So it's going yeah. to be perfect. And that's like the thing too is I obviously it's great to have movies. Because I guess whatever they have to be done, mm -hmm. but it's just like you had your own perfect vision of what Hogwarts was and what each character looked like and um, just everything, you know, and it's a little bit spoiled by having it sort of just like shoved in your face. I haven't really read them as much as I used to, like after the movies have come out. Hmm. You know, because it's, you know, you have their own, like, voice in your head, literally, like, how they sound, like, what they're wearing, you know? And, and like I said before, she's very descriptive in her writing, so you get a pretty good idea, but it's still your own world. It's still your own version. What was the scene you are about to read? I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can send it to you, and you can read it. The uh, other scene that I have, obviously, I think everyone's when Mrs. Weasley Kills. battles Bellatrix. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. In the books. I mean, it's also in the movie. The books is just tremendous. Ugh, I honestly can't read this. I keep looking at it. I'm like, I'm going to cry. Well, what scene is it? Can you at least so describe? It's, it's um, in Half-Blood Prince when Dumbledore takes Harry um, to the cave in the dark water and they're trying to get the locket to mm -hmm. destroy. Oh, and he has to drink it. And he has to drink it. And... <laughs> <laughs> So he says, I'm not worried, Harry, said Dumbledore. Um, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so nice. <laughs> uh, go read the books, please, if you're listening to this and you uh, haven't read them yet. What do you think about um, Ginny and Harry in the books? Um, I thought their relationship okay, so was good Ginny, in the books. She's Gin totally different Ginny's in the books. Ginny's completely different. She's like, they make her seem kind of this like, not headstrong at all, like kind of a little bit looser mm. in the movies where you know, she's already kind of always kind of trilling behind Harry. Like, I don't know, like, like kind of like stuck on him. Yeah, kind of she's like mouth. I don't want to say mousy, but like she just appears sometimes in scenes like out yeah. of nowhere and like yeah. gawking at Harry. Totally. There's like no chemistry in, in the books. Like she's one of the better characters, I think for sure. Like you really get, she's like a strong, like, Strong-headed, strong-willed, strong-minded girl, and um, you just don't get that in the movies. Mm -hmm. Which makes the ending of Hallows, I think, remember the hair she had at the end of the, the Futures? <laughs> you just eye-rolled. Okay, so that part, I just wish was just not in existence. <laughs> <laughs> just because of the way they did it in the movie, or? No, even in the book, I really? remember being, like, a little bit pissed that that's how, you know, like, it should have just been, like, an all was well and the that's it. Like no, which, like that's it. Which leads into your thoughts on Cursed Child, which you refuse to read. Which I do want to see the from play like though. There. From where? From that scene. Like, from like when they're old. Cursed Child, I believe. Yeah, Cursed Child starts at that scene. It it fast forwards towards several years later, like when the kids, um, Albus had been in school for like five years by that point. Yeah. But the play starts at that scene. Where Harry's son, his second son, is like worried about being placed in Slytherin. I guess all of my favorite quotes are from Dumbledore. What are the ones you have? Um, but you know, happiness can be found even the darkest, even in the darkest of times, if one only remembers to turn on the light. Mm. And then, of course, it is our choices, Harry, that show who we truly are far more than our abilities. Yeah, he's fantastic in the movies. There's just like I honestly don't ever remember reading a book where I was just like, "Damn, there's some." Good stuff in here. Mm -hmm. Good life lessons. Good life lessons for like the rest of time. Like I'm 31 years old and I'm still crying over Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, and I boy. read this for the first time like 20 years ago. <laughs> what else compares to Harry Potter? Anything in your like the fandom? The only thing that I find to be as close as Harry Potter is Star Wars for me. Mm. What do you think of the new trailer for The Rise of Skywalker? Um, when Ray did that like black flip, I was just like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think right that, though? Were you yeah, just like it's amazing? Oh, okay. <laughs> I secretly hope that Ray that like that's Kylo Ren and they're just like training secretly each other. 
Oh, like they're yeah. off together yeah. secretly, being lovers. 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 Do you think Palpatine's gonna be back? Maybe if that's his voice, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Oh my god, that was uncanny. I know, really good at it. <laughs> Even because it's like one of those things that will just like stand the test of time. Have you ever read the Star Wars books, the novels no. that came out? I heard this. There we have a Star Wars manga that's like incredible. Really? Yeah. I used to read the Jedi Academy stuff. That was like my Harry Potter. I would when the new book came out, I read it in like one day. Yeah. They're really good. Really? Yeah, because like Luke starts a Jedi Academy. Um, and you kind of, some of the stuff that happened with Kylo happens then, but with really? different different kids. Mm-hmm. Like one of them has like a struggle with the dark side and stuff. And, and Luke is like kind of bummed about it. Are you going to put the crying parts in there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, all-time favorite horror movie? Probably the new um, It. Wow. Did you see the trailer for the second part? No, I haven't. But oh I my. I kind of saw it by mistake. I was in Seattle and I watched it and I was scared. Let me tell you. I was like, this I can't is not you for me. Seen that. Yeah, because it's also like gory. And that's the thing I don't like about horror. I like actually do like the suspense ghosty stuff. But um Yeah, that had like kid gore too, which turned me off that, the whole movie. Like the soundtrack was great, like just the acting of the kids was fantastic. Like, I really, really liked that one. You should watch the trailer for the new one because Jessica Chastain is in it. Yeah. And I think she's an amazing actress. But there's a scene that opens the trailer. It's like 90 seconds long mm-hmm. of her visiting someone from the old town, this old lady. Is she creepy? And then the trailer kicks in after that scene. It's pretty good looking. Um. Also, I loved The Haunting of Hill House, mm. even though that's not a movie. But I like flew mm-hmm. right through that. And there was still, like jump scares in that too. So that was a big yeah. step for me. You read Hereditary. You didn't see it. I wish you would have watched Hereditary just I, to see what you would have I reacted to. I went on IMDb. I went through that synopsis and I was like, absolutely not. There is no way that I need a visual representation of this horror that I'm already manifesting in my own mind. <laughs> Thanks to Kiwi for coming on to go through her detailed, copious notes for this Harry Potter episode. You can follow her on IG below in the show notes. There's a handy link for you. Speaking of Harry Potter, if you're listening to this on its first release day or week, uh, there's a high chance that I'm actually in Universal Studios enjoying some butterbeer and riding the Hogwarts Express in Hot Orlando, Florida. Perfect timing. Am I right? Real quick, if you are listening to this show right now as well, and you enjoyed it, you like this conversation with Kiwi, you know some Harry Potter fans, you have one job. Share a link to this episode, retweet it, share it to IG from Spotify, re-IG me, follow faves on IG. Uh, that really helps spread the word of the show a bunch, and it's probably the easiest thing you could possibly do outside of hitting that play button. Uh, goodbye!